Welcome to this talk from Emmaus Road, a church with congregations in Guildford, Woking and Aldershot in the UK. To find out more about who we are and what we're up to, please visit us online at EmmausRoad.com. Hey everybody, it's great to be with you. I hope you're doing okay and uh, enjoying the weather. We seem to be having nice weather. It's very British, isn't it? The first thing that we do is we talk about the weather. Um, I don't know what you've been doing over lockdown, but one of the things that I've been doing is I've been watching some of my favorite films. I've not had a lot of time to do it, but I have been catching up on some of my old films. So I watched, um, re-watched The Shawshank Redemption, which is definitely like my favorite, favorite film. Hope's nodding away in the background. Don't know what Matt's doing, but but um, this is one of my favourite films. And the, one of the other films I watched, again, was Dead Poet Society. Uh, you, I don't know if you've seen it or not, but it stars Robin Williams, and it's about an English teacher who goes to teach in a school in New England. And really, it's, it's the story of how he inspires a group of teenagers to kind of make the most of life. And it's an interesting question to be asking, how do I make the most of life? Particularly, we've been through this time of lockdown and now we're we're getting unlocked and July the 19th is Freedom Day. uh, And people are asking questions, how do I make the most of the rest of my life? How do I make the most of each day that I've got? One of the central themes of Dead Purr Society, this film is Carpe Diem, is seize the day, make the most of the day. And there's actually a, a really strong biblical precedent for asking that question. And it comes from Psalm 118, and it's verse 24. Let me read it to you. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad today. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us be glad and rejoice today. So how do we make the most of today? Well, I want to give us four things, four things that we can do that will help us to make the most of every day. And the first one is this, to be still, to be still. Uh, you'll know the passage well, but it says this in Mark 1:35. early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus woke and left the house. He went to a lonely place where he prayed. He was still at the start of the day. Now, some people are really good at just being like, still. And other people find it more difficult or more of a challenge. They're restless. But being still isn't so much about physical stillness as it is about stilling our minds and stilling our souls at the start of the day. It's about the posture of our hearts. Jesus, interestingly, did this at the start of the day. I know some people do it at the start of the day, some people do it during the day, some people do it at the end of the day. It isn't important when you are still, it's just important that you are still. Uh, For me, one of the ways that I love being still is I love going for a, a walk, which doesn't sound like being still, but when I go for a walk, what I do is I put on some worship and I listen to that and I listen to uh, Lectio 365 and I will just allow God to meet with me in that time. I will still myself and I will just be reminded that God is present, that he is with me, that he knows me, that he loves me, he has a plan, a purpose for my life. Sometimes I'll go through my day and I'll just be 
talking to the Lord about that and saying, well, there's this happening and I need your wisdom on this. And it's just a time where I'm just still, where I don't have my phone with me. I don't know about you, but I am constantly distracted by my phone. And it's something that I'm just being honest, really trying to work hard at because I'm just aware that so often it's easy, isn't it? I don't know about you, but when I get bored or if I have a spare second, out comes the phone and look at it and scroll through social media, whatever it is, send a WhatsApp or a text message or, or do something. It's like I've, uh, we've, I've lost the ability to just stop and be still. You remember the ruthless elimination of hurry and the whole course uh, and talk series we did around that, John Mark Comer's book. And one of the things I said then was we have to get good at getting, at being bored, at not doing something, at just being still. I, I was with someone a little while ago and they had a smartwatch and their smartwatch kept kind of going off. And what it meant was that um, they weren't still, they were constantly like, Mm, yeah, sort of looking at their, looking at such, uh, they thought subtly trying to look at their watch and they weren't, they were just constantly distracted by what was going on around them. And it's, it's so easy to do, isn't it? We kind of, we live in this world where there are distractions and there, there are things designed to distract us, to grab our attention all the time. And we have to work really hard uh, to be still. And it starts, sometimes you've just got to start with start. You just have to get into the practice of doing it. So if you're not someone who takes time to be still at the start of the day, just get up five minutes earlier. Try it for five minutes. Download, or get up half an hour earlier. Download the Lecture 365 app and just list, sit down, grab a tea or a coffee and listen to that and just be still. Let the Lord meet with you in that moment. That's the first thing is be still. And just with that, what I want to say is create rituals. Rituals are so important. That's why as we create rituals, we get into the habit of doing things. And the more that we do it, the easier it becomes and the longer the time becomes. I remember when I first came to faith, someone said to me, oh, you need to pray for 20 minutes a day. And so I was 16 at the time, so I dutifully got up and tried for about 30 seconds and I sat there for the next 19 minutes and 30 seconds wondering what I was supposed to be doing and how I was supposed to do this and this seemed like forever. So what they should have said to me was just spend a minute at the start of the day and then when I'd done a minute it would have been easier just to add another minute and then another minute and then another minute. It's a bit like going into a prayer room. I don't know if you've ever been into a prayer room, 24-7 prayer room, I remember the first time I went in one feeling so intimidated that an hour seemed like such a long time. And fortunately, the person who was uh, in there before me said, do you want me to hang around? For, and I said, it's my first time in here. And they said, well, do you want me to hang around? So they stayed with me for the first 15 minutes. And then I thought, well, there's 45 minutes to go. So then I thought, well, what I'll do is, I'll, and I broke the time down into 15 minute slots. And it was amazing, the time flew by, and then suddenly an hour wasn't long enough, and then two hours, you know. And because we, we, as we create ritual, we, we make the space and we're able to be still. So I really want to encourage you to find that time, even if it's just for a couple of minutes at the start of the day, to be still. Because the second thing that we can do to make the most of today is to be thankful. Gratitude is as much an attitude of 
the heart as it is anything else. It's a choice rather than a feeling. Remember that verse we read right at the beginning. This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad today. It's let us rejoice. It's making that choice to rejoice. Excuse my terrible uh, rhyming poetry there, but make the choice to rejoice. Just do it. How do we be thankful? Well, you could start by doing a couple of things. First of all, remember what God has done for you and be thankful for it. Remember the, the things that you've done in yesterday or, or, or is, if it's at the end of the day, during the day that you could be thankful for. Be thankful for the things that God has done through you. Be thankful for the things that God has done in you. It's, it's good to remember, isn't it, in James 1 verse 17, James writes that every good and perfect gift comes from above. So if anything good has happened to you, the ultimate source of that is God. And what I found is the more that I've taken time to be still and think and reflect and be with God, the more I find it easy to be thankful. Uh, there's a psychologist called Robert Hansen. He talks about the negativity bias. And basically the negativity bias, he argues, is why we're still alive. Uh, it's what, it, what it means is that when the dinosaurs were walking towards uh, the cavemen, the cavemen remembered that the dinosaurs ate people and they ran away. So what the negativity bias does is it, it, what we have a tendency to do is remember the negative things and we find it much more difficult to uh, hook onto and to remember the positive things. It's kind of survival instinct, if you like. And he says, for every, uh, for every one negative thing, it takes about five positive things uh, for something to stick. And what he actually says is you need to spend about 20 seconds rehearsing why something is good. So, for example, what that might look like is um, I'm on a lovely walk. I'm spending time listening to a podcast um, or listening to some worship. And, and rather than going, oh, this is a nice view, thinking, I love this view. I love the colours. I love the way that the light is uh, bouncing off uh, the corn on the field. I love the way that the breeze is kind of brushing uh, along the top. I love the light over there. I there's that amazing shade of blue in the sky. I love the fact that this is making me feel alive. And when I feel alive, I feel this. And you're literally rehearsing and going, and then saying, thank you, Lord, that I am feeling and experiencing all these things. Thank you that every good and perfect gift, come, gift comes from you. Thank you for today. Thank you for the blessing of being able to be outside, to live in a place where I can walk for miles and not see anybody if I don't want to, where I can, where I can experience the beauty and the wonder and the majesty of your creation. Thank you, Lord, so much for the fact that you've called us to be part of this amazing church. Thank you for the friends that we've got in this church. Thank you that my kids uh, have got some amazing friends. You know, whatever it is. Maybe you live in a city, Lord, thank you that I'm surrounded by people. Thank you that I only have to step out the door and I can interact with people. Thank you that there's, there's culture here. Thank you that there's diversity here. Thank you, whatever it is, but just take time to stop and be thankful. And the more that you rehearse it and the more that you can think about why you're thankful for something, the more uh, that it sticks. And the more we do it, the more it grows and more thankful we become. And then the more thankful we become, we know that gratitude is the gateway to joy. So as we choose to be thankful, we're thankful and then we become more joyful and everyone loves being around uh, a joyful person.
I love what Pete Gregg says in his book, Dirty Glory. He was talking about the fact that he was walking down the road and suddenly he felt like God speaking to him saying, look at that tree. And Pete goes, okay, it's, it's a nice tree. And, uh, and he's kind of waiting for some sort of burning revelation that the Lord is going to speak to him like he spoke to Moses, like something, the, 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 the tree is going to burst into flames and he's going to hear the audible And he's like, yeah, Lord. And he, and, and he felt God saying, I just like the tree. If we're only ever thankful for the big things, we will only ever be thankful some of the time. If we get good at being thankful for the little things, we will be thankful all the time. So let's practice uh, being thankful. Uh, for me, I try to do that at the start of the day, during the time when I'm being still, and I try to do it at the end of the day. And I know Lecture 365, that you can now do that in the evening as well, and it's a great opportunity to just stop and take stock and reflect, be still again and reflect on the day and think about the things that you were thankful for that happened during the day. So really wanna encourage you, first of all, be still, Secondly, be thankful. The third thing is to be present. Now, I'm sorry, the emoji that's going to come up, um, I couldn't, well, it's a present, it's a gift. You get the idea. Uh, roll with me on that one. Arguably, the best way to be present is actually uh, to be still. And actually, one of the greatest gifts, if we're going to go with the present motif, uh, or the emoji present emo motif, the best gift that you can someone give someone is your fully present self. The best gift that you can give someone is your fully present self. Now, as I said, I'm really trying hard to work on being more present when I'm with people. It's so easy to get distracted. Oh, there's Johnny over there or, or Matt sat over here or, oh, what have I got next? And, and we don't give ourselves fully to the person that is in front of us. And when we look at the Gospels, we see Jesus, who probably had quite a lot on his mind, but when he was with someone, he really was fully present with them. It was like they had his full attention. I want to build more of that in my life. I'm assuming you want to build more of that in your life. We love having people over to our house and uh, we, we had this thing a number of years ago where we were like, we ask people over to our house all the time and uh, we do get invited back but, uh, and we don't invite people to our house so they can invite us to theirs. But you know that thing where you think, well, this is something about us that means that people are less inclined to invite us. I mean, I think we're, we're nice people. I'm a nice person, aren't I, Matt? Yes. Yes, I am a nice person, says Matt. I'm a nice person, Hope. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's difficult for them to say no, but, uh, but, uh, but I, I, and I was talking to a friend about this and, and he said, have you ever watched yourself? And I said, well, well, no, because it's quite difficult to watch yourself when you're being yourself. And he said, can I give you some honest feedback as a friend who loves you? And I said, please. And he said, Bill, you and Nikki move through life at about a thousand miles an hour. Nikki more so because she's, well, she's normally running or cycling or swimming through life at about a thousand miles an hour. But he said, you walk fast. And what that communicates to people is you're busy. And he said, the other thing that you do is you 
talk really, really fast. And I've noticed in our house what happens is, I don't know, maybe it's because the only way you can say anything is because so much talking going on is to, to jump in and say as much as you can, as quickly as you can before the moment's gone. But we both talk quite quickly. And he said, again, what that communicates to people is, is that you're busy. And so he said, watch what happens if you just try and slow down. And we've been trying to do that. Obviously, over lockdown, we've had an amazing opportunity to slow down to be still, to be thankful. And what we found is it's enabled us, first of all, to be more present with the people that we're with because we're not dashing around, but also what it's communicated to them is we are fully uh, present uh, with them. I wanna encourage you, don't underestimate the impact of your smile on somebody if you're with them. Don't underestimate how much you might mean to somebody if you give them that two minutes or that five minutes or however long it is where you are fully engaged with them. It's so easy, isn't it, to, to be thinking about the next thing or, or who else is around. And I used, to, I used to know someone and they'd be talking to you, but they'd always be looking over your shoulder. You could see them sort of looking at you past your ear, my ear, to kind of who else was around. And it, it, it didn't make me feel hugely valued. And when we do that, it doesn't make people feel hugely valued. And the more that we practice being still and being thankful, actually, the more that we get, uh, the more that we get good at being present. So that even if someone really famous walks into a room, we are completely focused on the person that we are talking to. Uh, I was at a party uh, quite a long time ago now, and um, suddenly there was this huge kerfuffle, uh, and everyone kind of looked around, and I didn't really notice because I was um, busy talking to somebody. And then the person I was with said, I'm so sorry, I'm really distracted. Baby Spice has just walked in the room. And everybody was completely distracted by the fact that Baby Spice had just walked in the room. And um, we, wouldn't it be great if we get to the place where someone really important could walk into the room, but we are so present with the person that we're with that they are the person that we are giving our sole attention to. And I think along with that, let's be present with people, not because we want, them, we want something from them, but, but just because they are known and loved and valued by Jesus. Let's not walk into room think, rooms thinking, who is the most important person in this room that I can talk to? But actually, maybe, who is the person who is standing on their own? Who is the person who is looking a little bit out of place? Can I be the person who walks across the room and is fully present with them and helps them to really uh, make, enjoy this moment, whatever it is. It's amazing how um, I've got this friend who's incredible at doing this. And when you spend time with him, you leave feeling like you are the most important person in the room. You leave feeling like you're the most intelligent person in the room. And you leave feeling like you're the most valued person in the room. Isn't that how Jesus would leave people feeling after he'd spent time with them. And if we have the spirit of Jesus living in us, I don't know about you, but I want people to leave having spent time with me feeling better about themselves, feeling better about life, feeling that they are known and that they are loved. So let's work on being present. A number of years ago, I was having a really tough time. And um, I went to speak to somebody at the place I was working at at the time, and this person is crazy busy. I mean, literally, their diary is full from sort of the moment they arrive till way after they leave and they're still working at home. And I just said, 
can I just have five? Can I just have a couple of minutes? Can I, I said, actually, what I said is, can I book in a couple of minutes just to talk some stuff through with you? And she said, let's, let's, let's chat now. Why don't we grab a coffee? And we grabbed a coffee and sat down. And I knew how busy this person was. And yet for 45 minutes, I had their sole attention. And I felt so heard and I felt so valued and I felt so cared for because of that. It made such a difference. So I really want to encourage you, who is the person that you could be, who you could be generous with, with your time, that you could give that time to? Who is the person or the people that you could be really fully present with, knowing that Jesus was fully present with people and that we're called to be fully present with people. So that's uh, the third thing. The first thing is be still. The second thing is be thankful. And it's easy to be thankful if we've been still. The third thing is to be present. Difficult to be present if we haven't been thankful and we haven't been still. And the fourth thing is uh, to be ready. Uh, let me just read you. Uh, traffic lights, ready, steady, go. You know, red, amber, green. You get the idea. Um, so let me just read this bit from 1 Peter 3, verse 15. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give a reason for the hope you have. But do this with gentleness and respect. Let me just read that again, because there's a couple of really important things in that passage that I'd love us to reflect on. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks for the reason to you to give a reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect. So there's a couple of words. If you had a Bible here, I'd be saying, underline these words. And the, the first word I love you to mentally underline is uh, to give an answer. And the second one is, but do this with gentleness and respect. It's really important. I think, well, there's a couple of things from this that I think are really important. The first is, it's answering a question. I don't know if you, I was at, um, when I was at university years ago, they had a university mission. And um, I sat next to somebody and he basically, uh, I'd already come to faith, but I'd kind of gone along to support a friend. And this person sat next to me and said, so, you know, tell me why you're here. And I said, well, and I thought I'd play a little bit of a game with him. Maybe I should have been more upfront, but I said, I've just come to support a friend. And, and he said, all oh, right, uh, which is your friend? And I said who my friend was. And then they said, oh, um, so do you come to these things often? And I said, well, I don't normally come to events like this, which was true, but I've, I think my friend's great. And he kind of started asking me a few more questions. And I wanted to see how long I could string, uh, string him along before he kind of started talking to me about faith. And, and then I said, well, actually, I, I do have a faith. And at which point, I kid you not, if I was looking at, if, 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 I, if you were me and, we, and he was talking to me, he literally did this. When I said, like, and he totally lost interest. He was just only interested in talking to me because he wanted to share faith with me. And it didn't make me feel massively valued or massively loved, to be honest with you. It felt, made me feel a little bit like I was kind of gospel fodder. Uh, and I, I don't mean to offend anybody with that. It's interesting, isn't it, that Peter says, and Peter, this is the Apostle Peter, not known for his sensitivity, quite a brash character. He says, be ready to give an answer. 
So of course we can ask questions that lead people to ask us a question. But he says, be ready to give us an answer, not smack everybody you meet over the head with, with a Bible. And I have to confess, when I first came to faith, I just, I was so insensitive. I was sort of crass. I just kind of bash people for Jesus, kind of hoping that they would uh, come to faith. And I put more people off than I uh, engaged people in questions of faith. And my friend uh, Graham Tomlin has written this book called The Provocative Church. And he asked a question, what would it be to live a life and to be the kind of church where what we do provokes questions because it's so countercultural, it's so loving, it's so inclusive, it's, it's so different. So maybe if we're living for Jesus and we're living provocative lives, that in itself will provoke questions. What could you do that might, that might how could you live in a way that would provoke questions. You know, why do you do that? How come you're so full of joy? Why are you so good at being present? You seem to be so full of joy. What is it about you? You've just got this amazing sort of inner stillness. Then we can give them an answer to the question that they've asked us. So that's the first thing. The second thing is he said, but do this with gentleness and respect. So with some of that is about doing it literally with gentleness, but being respectful of where people are at, knowing when to stop. You know, if, you, if I was to invite you to my house and, uh, for, for dinner, and uh, we met you at the door, we said, welcome to our house, here's your drink, here's your starter, here's your main course, here's your pudding, and just gave it all to you as you walked in the door, it would be a bit overwhelming. The whole point of a meal is you have a, you know, you have, you have a drink and then you, if you have a start, I don't know if you have a start, if you have a posh meal or whatever, but you know, you finish with pudding. You don't start with pudding. You don't mix it all together. And the point of that is, is it, it gives your stomach time to stretch down to get used to what it's experiencing. And in the same way, sometimes it, unless it is kind of, this is kind of a do or die moment. We're on a journey with most people that we talk to about faith. We don't have to give them the whole meal straight away, all in one go. You know, don't be in a rush. Like, I love the story of Jesus walking down the road to Emmaus with those, those two disciples. He spent the whole journey just kind of teasing things out of them and inviting questions and, and then answering them. He could have just gone, ta-da, it's me, but he didn't. He walked with people. So, so let's be gentle in the way that we do things. I think one top tip is, and someone said this to me, it was really helpful, was um, have your, often people say, well, why are you a Christian or why do you have faith? And it's really good to have some kind of answer. This is a great example of have an answer. And it could be that you've been a Christian all your life and you say, well, you know what, there's never been a time when I haven't known Jesus and he's made all the difference in my life. Or it could be that you came to faith like I did in your teens. You say, well, actually, I was taken along to church by some friends, wasn't really ever interested in faith. And what I saw there and what I encountered there convinced me that Jesus is alive. Or it could be that you experience some form of healing and you say, do you know what? I know that my hope is real because I have seen Jesus heal people. Or, or, and you give a story of that, or like one of the, my favorite stories is people say, well, you know, what is it about faith? And I say, do you know what? I love seeing faith being worked out practically. And one of the, 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 my favorite things that we do every year is back to school, which we've actually just done uh, this weekend. 
And I said, seeing the practical difference that Jesus can make to families and to young people is what makes it real for me. And I love the story of uh, the little boy who ran out of the shoe shop on Guildford High Street, waving this box of shoes above his head, going, I've got new shoes. Such a powerful and moving story of Jesus making a real difference, a real practical difference in someone's life. So have those stories ready, have them up your sleeve so that, so that you're not fumbling around trying to work out what you want to say. Just have a, you know, a 30 second testimony or a 30 second this is why I came to faith or a 30 second story that you can just share with people if they ask you. you now we long, I don't know about you, I long for people to encounter Jesus and to be transformed by him. And I think the four best ways that we can see that happen is first of all by being still at the start of the day, at the end of the day, during the day, and remembering who God is uh, and that he's with us and that he loves us. The second thing is cultivating an attitude where we are constantly thankful for the small things as well as the big things that he's doing in our lives. The third thing, just being present, like Jesus was present with people, being present with people, giving them our best selves in a way that enables them to be their best selves. And finally, being ready, being, having lived such a provocative life where we're still and thankful and present, that we have an answer for people when they say, what is it about you? What is it about your friends? What is it about this community that I see you're a part of that is so different? and have an answer for them. So let me pray as we finish. Those four things that will enable us to make the most of every day. Being still, being thankful, being present and being ready. Heavenly Father, we want to thank you so much that you are with us. Thank you for all the good things that you have given us. Thank you that when we are with you and when we read stories of you with other people, you are fully present. Thank you that you made the most of every opportunity afforded to you to share the good news. We pray, Father, that you'd help us to be people who make the most of every day by being still, by being thankful, by being present and by being ready. In Jesus' name, amen.